Welcome to this bonus edition of Bible Explained Verse by Verse. Today I'm going to discuss women's spiritual roles. As citizens, women can do anything that men can do in the natural world. They're just as smart as men and they can run a business and all that kind of stuff. But in a spiritual sense, there is a difference between men and women in the Bible. But what does the Bible say that women can do and what should they not do or what can they not do? We'll discuss that today. We talked in the last bonus episode how a woman is not allowed to rule over or teach her husband. Her husband rules over and teaches her, never the other way around. However, women can teach men in general. And on rare occasion in the Bible, there's only three occasions where women have spiritual leadership over men. And we'll talk about all three of those. So it's very rare. And the Bible doesn't explain this. But my personal theory is the reason that sometimes on a rare occasion God picks a woman as a spiritual leader is because in that place of time, there's no man that's willing to do it. So he picks a woman, except with one exception, and we'll talk about her, it's Priscilla in the New Testament. She seems to be picked because she would make the perfect partner with her husband. So we'll talk about all three women. We'll talk about what the Bible really says about women speaking in the church and women's leadership. Because there's a lot of cults today that think that women have to go around with head coverings 24-7 and that they have to be submissive to all men and that they can never say anything in church. And that's so untrue. And I'll explain to you why. The first woman is Deborah. She was a prophetess and a judge over Israel. There's other prophetesses in the Old Testament, and there's multiple prophetesses in the New Testament. However, Deborah was different because she was also a judge, which meant she was the leader of the entire nation of Israel, all 12 tribes. But she never emasculated men. She never pretended to be a man. She did not want to be a warrior because that was not her calling. She wasn't a man. But with Barak, He emasculated himself because he refused to fight unless she went ahead of him. She did not emasculate him. God did not emasculate him. Then we have in the New Testament, Priscilla and Achilla. They're a married couple. Priscilla is the wife and Achilla is the husband. And both of them are teachers and church leaders. They're co-teachers and co-church leaders. They had their own home church and they were side by side. The Apostle Paul personally knew Priscilla and Achilla. He mentions them in some of his letters, and he approved of her being a leader in her church. Otherwise, he would have confronted them and told the other churches that you can't have a woman be a leader. Paul's writings are mistranslated in the King James Bible, and I love the King James Bible, but when it comes to verses about women, it mistranslates a lot. Paul only said that women have to submit to their own husband. He never said that they have to submit to men in general. And we explained this in the last bonus episode. Women are not called to submit to men in general. And if they're single, they don't really have to submit to any man spiritually. Now, you may have to submit in the workplace or something. Or, of course, you would submit to your own father if you're living in his house. But in a spiritual sense, you don't have to submit to any man unless he is your husband. And this is what Paul said. He kept using the word own in like 13 different verses. Own husband own wife. He also said that women only have to wear a head covering if they are praying or prophesying in front of the assembly, meaning that they're praying and prophesying in front of a mixed group of people that is the church. 
Women don't have to wear a veil 24-7. And in fact, Paul also added on to it more stipulations that women didn't have to wear the veil at all if they were single or if they had long hair. Because your hair is your covering, and if you're single, you don't have a man over you. You have a direct line to Jesus, and so you don't have to wear a head covering unless you're prophesying or praying in front of the assembly, and you're married, and you have short hair. Now, he said the same thing in reverse about men. He said that they were not allowed to wear a head covering when they were praying or prophesying in front of a group of people. Now, if you're by yourself, you're alone in your prayer closet, it doesn't matter if you wear a head covering or not, and it doesn't matter what your gender is because it's irrelevant when there's nobody else around. This rule that Paul gave them was only for when they're in front of the church praying or prophesying. Now, I've seen lots of men pray with baseball caps on and other hats and the Jewish thing that they wear on their head, and that's totally against Paul's instructions. Paul said that men are not allowed to pray in front of the church with a head covering. And I've seen tons and tons of men pray with head coverings. I don't think they're going to hell because this was not a commandment from the Lord that is a hell or heaven thing. This was instructions from the Apostle Paul to keep order in the church. This isn't a hell or heaven issue. Jesus never mentioned it. That shows you how important it is. Ultimately, it's not that important. That's why if a man does pray with a baseball cap on, he isn't going to go to hell. And if a woman prays without a veil, she isn't going to go to hell either. When the King James says that it's not right for a woman to speak in the church, that's not a correct translation, and it can be read a couple of different ways. When you read it in the original Greek, it may have actually said it isn't right to speak to a woman in the church. He either said it isn't right for a woman to speak in the church, or he said it isn't right to speak to a woman in the church. But in this passage, he was implying about wives, not women in general, because this whole passage was about husbands and wives. And immediately after he says that, he says, let the wife ask her own husband at home. Then right after that, he says, are you the only person that, that God gave the word to? When you put all these comments together in context, because they're all in the same passage, one after another. What he was saying is, it is not appropriate for a woman to ask somebody questions in the assembly when that person isn't her husband. So in other words, if a random man comes up to read the scripture and give a word and give a prophecy, it is not appropriate for a woman in the assembly who is not his wife to ask him questions because she needs to ask her own husband because of the picture of Christ and the church. She doesn't go to outsiders for information. She needs to wait till she gets home and ask her own husband, because that way there's not a bunch of chatter in the church while all the wives are asking all their husbands at the same time. That's why he said, wait till she's at home. And then he says, are you the only one who God gave the word to? And he's speaking to the male speaker. He's saying, if you're the male speaker who's reading the scripture and you're giving a commentary on it or a prophecy to go with it, are you the only one who the Lord speaks to? No, you're not. Each of these women can get the same revelation from their own husbands. God speaks to their husbands too, not just you. So if a woman who isn't your wife does ask you a question in the assembly, don't answer her. That's not appropriate. She has her own husband who will teach her. It isn't your duty to teach her. And again, it's because the picture of Christ and the church. There's only one Christ and there's only one church. So each husband has authority to teach his wife and make decisions over her, and each wife submits to her own husband, not to multiple men. Each wife asks her own husband, not multiple men, because there's only one Christ. 
Men can teach women in general, and women can teach men in general, but one man and one woman aren't supposed to have a face-to-face -face conversation unless they're married. So when he's speaking to the full assembly, that's fine, but she isn't supposed to engage him in a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. So that's all Paul was saying. Now, Priscilla and Aquila were co-teachers and co-leaders in their church. I think in part it's because they were married and they were perfect teammates. Not all husbands and wives are perfect teammates. Some husbands and wives have virtually nothing in common, and so they work better separately. Other couples are kind of like attached at the hip, and they do everything together, and they think the same, and they have the same motivations, and they have similar personality types. So I think Priscilla and Aquila were that kind of couple. They just loved being together all the time. They were in such good agreement about what their motivations and goals were that they just wanted to do everything together. They were a real team. They took Apollo aside because he was a Christian who was on fire for the Lord and he had a gift for preaching and evangelizing, but he had never heard the full gospel. Some of the stuff he was saying wasn't accurate, so they pulled him aside and they both taught him at the same time. The Bible doesn't say that Aquila taught Apollo while Priscilla was sitting there listening. It says she and Aquila taught Apollo. And later on in the Bible, Paul calls Priscilla a church leader with her husband. They were co-leading. Again, in that situation, they had that unique kind of couple relationship where they were like the right hand and the left hand. They just thought alike, talked alike, loved being with each other, loved doing everything together, and it just worked. I think you could have never separated them probably all day long. Now there's another lady in the New Testament who is apparently single. Her name is Phoebe, and she was the head of a church. Now in the King James, it sounds like she was just the little old lady who knitted sweaters for everybody. When you read it in the original Greek, she was her own church leader, and apparently she didn't have a husband. So she didn't have any man who was spiritually over her, but she answered to Jesus, you know. And Paul actually said, that he required the other Christians who go visit her church to fall under her leadership, as he himself had done. What evangelists do is they travel from church to church, they preach in each church, but they always fall under the leadership of the leaders that are at that church. Well, Phoebe was the leader of her own church, and when Paul went to her church to evangelize and do what apostles do, he fell under her leadership. And he says this in the New Testament. And he commands that the other evangelists who follow him and visit her church also fall under her leadership. Now, why was she the leader? Because, again, she was in a community where there was no man willing, and then God called her. Just like the donkey had to speak because there was no man there speaking, Deborah had to judge because there was no man there judging. I think that if there had been a man in Deborah's time who loved the Lord 100% and followed him and believed him 100% like Joshua, Deborah would have never been a judge. I don't think she would have. The Bible only says that women cannot teach or lead their own husband, and it never says that Priscilla taught Aquila. Most likely, and it would have to be this way, Aquila taught Priscilla, and then they were both co-teachers of Aquila's teaching. They were both co-teachers to teach their home church and Apollo, who visited it. Priscilla never taught her husband. She may have not even been literate. He may have read the scripture out loud to her and taught her what it meant. Then, when she had that information in her memory bank, she was able to co-teach along his side. Phoebe, I don't know how she learned the scriptures. The Bible doesn't explain to us. But it does leave us believing that she probably didn't have a husband or children. 
Deborah had a husband and children, but she just wanted to hang out under that palm tree at her own home, cooking and cleaning and mothering and doing judgment and prophecy on the side. She had no desire to go out and fight battles. She had no desire to pretend that she was a man. Now, Phoebe in the New Testament was not pretending she was a man. Basically, her life was like Paul's. She gave up marriage and motherhood in order to serve the Lord 100%. All she wanted to do was serve the Lord, and God picked her in her community because there was nobody else more willing. The Bible never says that women can't speak in the church. It says that it's inappropriate for them to speak to men who they're not married to. And it also is implying that it's inappropriate for men who are not married to a certain woman to give her instruction. If she has a husband, they should not be teaching her. But men can teach in general. Now, me personal, I am not a leader, never have been. That's never been my calling. My only calling is teaching. That's it. I hope that gives you some peace on the subject. All of the instructions that Paul gave the church were righteous and just. However, they were not all salvation commandments. And this is how we know it. Because a lot of what Paul talked about, Jesus never talked about. And you can't find it in the law of the Old Testament, Exodus, Leviticus, or Deuteronomy. These instructions about women wearing head coverings and not speaking in the assembly are nowhere to be found in the Old Testament law or in Jesus' commandments to his apostles and his disciples. So that shows you that these are not salvation issues. If a woman does have a conversation with her pastor in the church over a spiritual matter, neither of them will go to hell. And if a church speaker who is a man does answer a question when a woman raises her hand and asks him a question, neither of them are going to hell. And if a man prays with a cap on, he isn't going to hell. And if a woman prays who's married with short hair and she isn't wearing a prayer shawl, she isn't going to hell. We have to put the whole Bible in context and not create our own religion by exploding a few verses out of proportion. All of Paul's instructions to the Corinthians were to establish order and righteousness and decorum in the church. But it's what Jesus told us, and it's what God told Moses, that will lead us to heaven or hell. And I hope that gives you peace.